0: Good morning, Good morning. and welcome on this beautiful spring morning as we celebrate the fifth Sunday of Lent. At this time, I invite everyone to please stand for the procession. Our service begins on the front page of our service booklet. Bless the Lord, who forgiveth all our sins. His mercy endureth forever. God spake these words. I am the Lord thy God, who brought thee out to the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath or in the water under the earth, thou shalt not bow down to them nor worship them. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Honor thy father and thy mother. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt do no murder. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not steal. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not covet. Lord, have mercy upon us, and write all these thy laws in our hearts, we beseech thee. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. Almighty and merciful Lord, grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of the Holy Spirit. (coughs) Amen. Lord be with you, let us pray. O Almighty God, who alone canst alter the unruly wills and affections of sinful men, grant unto thy people that they may love the thing which thou commandest, and desire that which thou dost promise, so that among the sundry and manifold changes of the world, our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: A reading from the book of Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them, There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and, you will, and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as had been commanded and as I prophesied suddenly there was a noise, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone and I looked and there were sinews on them And flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. And I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived. And they stood on their feet a vast multitude. Then he said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves. Oh my people, I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the LORD. When I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the LORD, have spoken and will act, says the LORD." The Word of the Lord. From the letter of Paul to the Romans. To set the mind on flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, through his spirit that dwells in you." The word of the Lord.
0: Our sequence hymn this morning is Hymn 455, found in the blue hymnal. We'll sing the first two verses prior to the reading of the Gospel, or yes, prior to the reading of the Gospel, three and four after. Please stand and join in singing Hymn 455. the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill, So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death, but rather it is for God's glory, so the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was just referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to consult them about their brother. When when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. While Mary stayed at home, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life those who believe in me even though they die will live and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die do you believe this she said to him yes Lord I believe that you are the Messiah the Son of God the one coming into the world when she had said this she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with him in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. Some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary, had seen what Jesus did and believed in him, the gospel of the Lord.
2: Thank
1: Of the universe, you are mighty to save us, and yet you also weep for us. In our brokenness, in our suffering, show us the way that leads to new life with you. Amen. Please be seated. Now, if the writers of our four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were to sit down and paint a portrait of Jesus as they understood his essence to be, we might be a little shocked at how different those finished works of art would appear from one to the next. Mark's portrait of Jesus would probably be a little dark, mysterious, likely showcasing Jesus as the suffering servant, the misunderstood Messiah. Matthew might paint Jesus in a more victorious light, in control, the mighty Messiah, here to save the world, and maybe with even some subtle nods to military themes, perhaps. Luke, if maybe Luke were going for a more abstract portrait of Jesus, might paint Jesus just as a missing puzzle piece, or maybe a key, because to Luke, it was clear that Jesus was the one the prophets had long since predicted would be the key to the salvation of the world. But John, today we've got John, who would probably have a hard time painting this portrait of Jesus, I think. Because for John, Jesus is God the Incarnate Logos, the enfleshed very Word of God Almighty. In John, we have a powerful Jesus, one who performs seven very public, very impressive miracles as signs of his divinity. In fact, the first half roughly of the Gospel of John is referred to often as the Book of Signs. That's how central Jesus' divine identity is in John's portrait of him. And I'm not quite sure how one actually goes about, you know, painting that kind of essence, that divine essence, but what I really wouldn't expect to see in such a portrait is that of Jesus weeping, of the divine incarnate God crying. But traditional interpretations of the story of the raising of Lazarus that we just heard, they understand Jesus weeping as simply a show of Jesus' humanity. Lazarus was his friend. His friend was dead. And so this is upsetting to Jesus, as it would be to any of us here. But John's Jesus, until this point in the Gospel, is so self-assured of the larger plan that he has been sent to fulfill. He has until now in this gospel been very emotionally regulated. He is kind of a wisdom teacher persona to him, very level. In fact, the beginning of this story about Lazarus, Jesus basically pulls his disciples to the side and says, guys, look, Lazarus is dead, but don't worry, I got this. This is all, it's all gonna work out. And so, taken in this kind of context, his weeping does come at a bit of a surprise, doesn't it? And so that sounds like an invitation to maybe take a closer look. When Jesus arrives in Bethany, he is immediately confronted by Martha and Mary, who both somehow know that Jesus could have prevented Lazarus' death but they don't seem quite able to conceive of Jesus' power to resurrect Lazarus, or at least it's not so obvious to them. Until now, the Gospel of John, Jesus was a renowned healer, not so much a renowned raiser of the dead. And it's the people's sense of resignation to just be in total despair, maybe even hopelessness, that actually first moves Jesus emotionally. The text says, When Jesus saw Mary weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in the spirit and deeply moved. It was then after seeing these grieving people, and after their agreeing to lead Jesus to their precious dead Lazarus, that Jesus actually weeps himself. So it might seem that even for Jesus, even for John's divine Jesus, resurrection is a messy business. Understandably so, we tend to speak about resurrection as a fairly pleasant idea, don't we? We think of images of Jesus walking victoriously out of a tomb, of the faithful dead blissfully sitting up in their graves, maybe with a yawn and a little stretch, and then they just float up into heaven. And we tend not to ask really impolite questions like, did Lazarus still smell when he got brought back to life? What did he look like? Like We kind of just leave all of that alone, because that would mess with our nice, neat understanding of resurrection, wouldn't it? But more importantly, I think our weeping Messiah might be pointing to another reality concerning the nature of resurrection. You see, our reading today cuts off the ending of John's 11th chapter in order to make a neater story for us this morning. Lazarus is raised, and we read, Many of the Jews, therefore, who came with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But the text continues. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the council and said, what are we to do? This man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You do not understand that it is better for you to have one man die than, the people, than to die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed. So from that day, they planned to put him to death. Different story, isn't it? For the religious elite those in bed with the powers and the principalities of this world, this show of resurrection, of new life, is experienced as a threat. And of course it is, because we're told time and time again that the powers and principalities of this world draw their energy from death, not from life. Death remains the final word outside of the kingdom of God. Resurrection, then, threatens such a power, because resurrection is a messy business. If we say we want to share in the resurrection of Christ, which we do often in this place, we need to be sure we know what we're signing up for. Ezekiel's vision of the valley of dry bones that we read earlier, I think it might point us towards a more messy odd, and potentially frightening reality of what resurrection really requires of us. God reanimates those dusty, dry bones, yes, but they're, giving, they're given new sinews. They're given new skin. This is a new life, not simply a return to life lived before death. Just consider what we know about the resurrected Christ— Post-resurrection, people barely recognized him. Are we ready, really, for new life? Are we ready, really, to let go of some aspects of ourselves and our current life for good in order to walk faithfully into new resurrection life with Jesus? to even be bold in the face of death-dealing powers in this world, to let our lives be a threat to them, in fact, as we choose every single day, over and over again, to be raised with Christ. And it is a choice. And I think it was a choice for those who so deeply grieved Lazarus, too. I can picture Jesus, with tears in his eyes, looking at them intently and saying, Oh, my people, it does not have to be like this. You don't have to suffer like this. I've got a better way. And some days I think we choose that better way. And some days we don't. And on those days, I think that Jesus probably still weeps for us. Amen.
0: Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
3: Amen. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ's church and the world. Almighty and ever-living God, who in thy holy word has taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, receive these our prayers which we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord. And grant that all those who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and other ministers, especially Michael, our presiding bishop, Nicholas, our bishop, and Craig, our rector, that they may, both by their life and doctrine, set forth thy true and lively word, and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with meek heart and due reverence they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. We beseech thee also so to rule the hearts of those who bear authority and government in this and every land, especially Joseph our President and Daniel our Governor, that they may be led to wise decisions and bright actions for the welfare and peace of the world. Open O Lord the eyes of all people to behold thy gracious hand in all thy works that rejoicing in Thy whole creation, they may honor Thee with their substance and be faithful stewards of Thy bounty. And we most humbly beseech Thee of Thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for George and Mary Yerger, Kent and Deborah Yurchik Shoemaker, and David, Nicole, Michael, and Abigail Zelnick. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for the commission on ministry and all who work with those discerning the ministries to which God calls them. And we also bless thy holy name for all thy servants departed this life in the faith and fear, especially Mora Randall, beseeching thee to grant them continual growth in thy love and service, and to grant us grace so to follow the good examples of the blessed Virgin Mary Blessed Peter, our patron, and of all thy saints, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant these our prayers, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. Amen.
0: The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Peace. Peace, all right. As you were. <laughs> and before i give the offertory sentence just one other announcement uh holy week is coming up it starts a week from sunday that's palm sunday we have sign-up sheets for readers lay Eucharistic ministers ushers etc all in the back of the church uh easter vigil we need five readers I need at least one to two readers for Thursday and Friday as well as Easter Sunday morning Uh, if you wish to be a reader no practice required Uh, just sign up and I'll give you a chance to try out the microphone just before the service but we do need everyone's help during those days so please if you're not in the choir think about signing up to read one of those nights or helping out as a Eucharistic minister Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and make good thy vows unto the Most High.
4: Thanks unto thee, O Lord, holy Father, almighty, everlasting God, who dost bid thy faithful people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the paschal feast that fervent in prayer and in works of mercy and renewed by thy word and sacraments, they may come to the fullness of grace which thou hast prepared for those who love thee. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name evermore praising thee and saying
0: glory be to thee, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, that thou of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there by his one oblation of himself once offered a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and did institute and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death and sacrifice until his coming again for in the night in which he was betrayed he took bread and when he'd given thanks he break it and gave it to his disciples saying take eat this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Drink this as oft as ye shall drink it, in remembrance of me wherefore o lord and heavenly father according to the institution of thy dearly beloved son our savior jesus christ we thy humble servants do celebrate and make here before thy divine majesty with these thy holy gifts which we now offer unto thee the memorial thy son hath commanded us to make having in remembrance his blessed passion and precious death his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension rendering unto thee most hearty thanks for the innumerable benefits procured unto us by the same and we most humbly beseech thee o merciful father to hear us and of thy almighty goodness vouchsafe to bless and sanctify with thy word and holy spirit these thy gifts and creatures of bread and wine that we receiving them according to thy son our savior jesus christ's holy institution in remembrance of his death and passion may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood and we earnestly desire thy fatherly goodness mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving most humbly beseeching thee to grant that By the merits and death of thy son jesus christ and through faith in his blood we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion and here we offer and present unto thee o lord ourselves our souls and bodies to be a reasonable holy and living sacrifice unto thee humbly beseeching thee that we and all others who shall be partakers of this holy communion may worthily receive the most precious body and blood of thy Son Jesus Christ, be filled with thy grace and heavenly benediction, and made one body with him, that we may dwell, that he may dwell in us and we in him. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins, to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee. accept this our bound in duty and service, not weighing our merits but pardoning our offenses through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom in the unity of the Holy Ghost all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we most heartily thank Thee that Thou dost feed us in these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of Thy Son our Savior Jesus Christ, and dost assure us thereby of Thy favor and goodness towards us, and that we are very members in corporate in the mystical body of thy Son, the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs through hope of thy everlasting kingdom. And we humbly beseech thee, O heavenly Father, so to assist us with thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory world without end amen bow down before the lord look with compassion o lord upon this your people that rightly observing this holy season they may learn to know you more fully and to serve you with a more perfect will through christ our lord amen please stand and join in singing Him. 567 found in our blue hymnals. to God.